I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Better luck next time, I guess. <laughs> When was the last time you went dancing with your uh, with your girlfriend? Uh, went to a couple weddings over the last month. Okay. So, so she's seen it before. It can't, it couldn't have been that bad. You know, that's actually a good question. <laughs> was she? Did well, you make her leave the room before? Nobody's you danced? bringing out. Nobody's bringing out that at a wedding. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm, uh, no, it doesn't. What actually are you doing the matter. waltz? If, are you doing a box step? I mean, you're just no, dancing. I'm just dancing normally. <laughs> Not like an idiot. I like your dance. I know that doesn't help you at all. I know that that doesn't make you feel any better. I'm just saying that you you owned it, and I, and you, you should have owned it, and it was awesome, and you should feel very good about that. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. And so we're doing the show this morning. Yep. And we're talking about the USC vacancy. Mm-hmm. And the the possibilities of who may get the job and who's a candidate for the job and who's maybe inserting their name so they get looked at as a candidate for the job, even though they're not really a candidate for the job. And then Carson Palmer kind of threw a monkey wrench into this whole thing. He was on with Dan Patrick and and said – Stirs up the pot a little bit. Kind of went down the list, right? Mm -hmm. Listing, oh, there's this guy and there's this guy and there's this guy. And, you know, there's always Mike Tomlin as as a wild card, as he described it. And Dan said, wait, 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 my, that Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin. And then, of course, you knew how it's going to go. It's going to get to Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. And he was going to get that question. Hey, is there anything to this USC thing that's floating around there? And this aspiring coaches or current coaches looking for other jobs is how you end speculation on whether or not you're job hunting. As I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. <laughs> Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. All right. Thank you. All right. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? No, thank you, Coach Tomlin. <laughs> thank you for giving us this. Never say never, but never. <laughs> I love that. And I, I, I like the guy in the background. I don't know if you can hear it, Al, where he's going on. And he says, are we clear? And the guy goes, yes. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Do you think Do you think that Mike Bone um, had – he has a dry erase board in his office. And on there, it looks like <laughs> – it looks like just candidates that they're going after. Targets, right? Uh-huh. Top tier, uh, second tier. And then just earlier today, or earlier this morning, he just takes those, uh, just kind of takes his sweater. He doesn't even go get that eraser that, that clears off the dry erase board. And just kind of <laughs> just takes off Mike Tomlin off the list. Like, guys, um, I have a hunch that Tomlin, Tomlin might not be a candidate moving forward. It, it was so good because mm-hmm. we, we were talking about it this morning, and – it's actually a wonderful idea 
right? Mike Tomlin is oh, – That's a grand slam. It's a grand slam. It's yep. no nonsense. His, he's, his record as a head coach is impeccable. His Everybody from players to fans Love to media, him. they we'll respect him. We'll go through a wall Absolutely. for him. Absolutely. Yep. He, he's been the head coach at Pittsburgh since 2007, and he's never had a losing season. Okay, he knows what he's doing. But you and I are looking at each other like, why would he take this job? It doesn't make any sense. He's not from California. He didn't play football at USC. Yeah. He's never really been a college guy. Uh, he's been a pro guy more or less his entire life that just kind of saying, oh, well, how about Mike? T well, sure. Why not? How about Nick Saban? How about Bill Belichick? I mean, if we're just throwing names out there, why not Andy Reid or Sean Payton? It, it, it makes as much sense as Mike Tomlin. And then, you know, on the heels of that, there's the tweet from Brett McMurphy, mm -hmm. who throws Jeff Fisher's name in. I'm going to read this to you. This is uh, Brett McMurphy from the Action Network saying, ex-NFL coach and USC alum Jeff Fisher is in the mix for USC's coaching position, sources told Action Network. On Monday, former USC quarterback Carson Palmer said candidates include Penn State's James Franklin, Iowa State's Matt Campbell, Cincinnati's Luke Fickle, and Steelers coach Mike Tomlin. So we can take Mike Tomlin off the list. Never say never, but never. Jeff yeah, Fisher. Yeah, let him know. Yeah, Jeff, that's letting him know. If you're, if you, when, when, like you said, when Mike Bone is done erasing Mike Tomlin's name from the dry erase board, what he needs to do is go build a roadblock in front of Jeff Fisher's house so he can't get to, he can't get to the Coliseum. He can't get to the USC campus. That is as good of an idea as Jeff Fisher was, and we just talked about it, or excuse me, Mike Tomlin was. That's how bad of an idea that Jeff Fisher is. Yeah, listen, I, I think, and I, I hope here, I say this optimistically that the USC, the head of USC and, and the president and the boosters and everybody else that kind of will make decisions when it comes to who's going to be the next coach have a pulse of what today is at USC, what college football recruiting is today, that not looking back, and this is going to kind of fall into our stat hero of the day. Stat hero of the day is Jeff, Fisher, Jeff Fisher's record as an NFL coach. He's in the NFL for 22 years mm -hmm. as a head coach. It's a long time. Only had seven winning seasons, but Trav, put all lot. that aside. It's <laughs> it ain't today's game. You no, know, it's not. You know, there is Jeff Fisher's going to be walking into um, some high school recruit, a top recruit that is questioning whether he's going to go to USC or he's going to go to Texas or he's going to go to Clemson or he's going to go to Alabama. <laughs> Jeff Fisher, who is who you're bringing? You know, I, I think there's. I, I'm optimistic enough that they understand that this hire can do one of two things. The next hire that they bring in as a coach, either the right coach can completely catapult a program and start moving in the right direction starting tomorrow, or it's going to stall you another two, three years of nothing. And, and that's the difference between bringing in the – by the way, maybe longer than two, three years. Yeah. But the, the USC, the that university in the football program is one of those programs that – it can turn around quick, but it's all about who's leading, you know, obviously leading the way, and, and Jeff Fisher, in my opinion, would not be one they of They need guys. to find a way to make it modern, to make it exciting, to make it the place that you want to be, and hiring the guy that Todd Gurley described as running an eighth-grade offense is not the way to do that. Mm. That that was the quote from Gurley when he was asked about the Rams' offense prior to Sean McVay. It's like it's running an eighth-grade offense. This was two yards and negative eight yards in a cloud of dust. This was the most antiquated way to play football that we had seen in the 21st century. This, look at what happened. The Rams come back to L.A., 
and have a four and twelve season, and it is a bleep show. It's 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 not only just a bad record; it is as uninspiring a football as you're ever going to see. It just doesn't look good. J- Jared Goff looks like a guy that they just wasted a number one pick on, wasted a ton of draft picks on to go get this guy, and he can't. I'm going to steal Key's line here. He can't play dead in a cowboy movie. Okay, this is just a terrible, terrible look. Sean McVay comes in with essentially the same team. They win the division. The next year, they go to the Super Bowl. The year after that, they finish 9-7 and seven and just miss the playoffs. The year after that, they go back to the playoffs, win a game in the playoffs with a quarterback with a broken hand, go to Lambeau Field and lose. This year, they're getting ready to go back to the Super Bowl again, potentially. Jeff Fisher was there for an eternity, and they were never good. This is the guy that's on the short list of candidates to be – this has to be a joke. This has to be something that Jeff Fisher has a relationship with somebody and said, hey, can you just throw my name out there so it looks like people are still interested in me? Because there's no way anyone is seriously considering him for the job. Francis and Glendale hits us on Twitter. He says, Jeff Fisher started the USC rumors by showing up on campus on his own, <laughs> hoping someone would take a photo. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm over here. He's live, live streaming himself, just walking through USC campus right here, getting a look at the Coliseum, the old stomping Just doing grounds. what I do. Just doing what I do. Here's me and Tommy Trojan. What do you think, Trojan fans? What do you think? So who do you like, Al? There's James Franklin, just switched his agent. That's always kind of an interesting little moment. Uh, there is uh, James, uh, I should say, um, why am I blanking on the name from Cincinnati? Luke Fickle. There you go. It's Luke Fickle who's got his team ranked number two in the country at Cincinnati, of all Mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. There's Matt Campbell, who's built a program at Iowa State. There are some interesting candidates out there. I actually, and we, we had this conversation about, by the way, Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports where that gives a player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710 ESPN for a 300% back on your first play. We appreciate them being a part of the uh, the show here. Um, we've had this conversation whether the Penn State job or the USC job is better, right? If, if you remember, this has been you know part of our dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's been, okay, well, would, would James Franklin leave? Why would he leave? Is it a better gig for him? The, the one thing I like about James Franklin, he's in a conference where he's got to go up against Ohio State. He's in a conference where he's going up against good Michigan, Michigan Wisconsin, going Michigan up, State. They're real teams. They're going up against real teams. So I think that part of it is what I like because it's not a, oh, well, you're in a conference. You might be top five in the country, but you're not facing anybody. Just using that as an example. But I'm a fan of that. I just don't think I, – I, I have a, a tough time questioning whether – USC is going to put what Penn State puts into their program, their football program, as in we'll do whatever it takes to win. I don't know if USC is going to do that, but I'm a fan of James Franklin. Yeah, I I think he's a a decent choice. I think the best choice is Luke Fickle for for two reasons. Number one – they're winning right now. He knows how to build a program. He knows how to identify players. He knows how to identify the players and then make them better. Okay, he's putting guys in the NFL. He's doing a good job there. Your point, though, about understanding – a big program, you know, and, and playing against big schools. And I understand the Pac-12 is awful this season. There's one team in the Pac-12 in the top 25. It's Oregon, and they're not very good. Okay, they're just they're just not having – their quarterback's lousy. They're not good. The Pac-12 generally is way down right now. Doesn't mean that you're not playing real teams. Washington's a real program. Oregon's a real program. USC's a real program. Stanford's a real program. There, there are real teams out here. Luke Fickle was the head coach. Now, granted, it was for five seconds, but he was the head coach at Ohio State. He knows what it's like to be in a major program. He knows what that looks like. This is not going to be, oh, wow, this is a much bigger job than Cincinnati. I don't know. He was the head coach at Ohio State. There's not too many things that are a better 
training ground to go run a big program than doing it at Ohio State, and he's winning. It just seems like this is a really good matchup. The problem with all of this, Al, is I think LSU is going to eat first. Hmm. I think whoever the first guy is that everybody wants, and I think Luke is on that should. list. And by the way, they, they should. should. Of course mm-hmm. they should. They're, they care about it more. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that really deeply bothers me as somebody who's from L.A., who loves the Pac-12, who wants to see USC be a good program. But, of course, the LSU job is a better job. Of course, the Penn State job is a better job. The crazy part about it all, the Cincinnati job may be better right now. Now, historically, of course not. Could it, be, could it go to the heights that USC could go to? Absolutely not. But right now, do you, I do, don't know. Do, you, do you remember, and, and this is uh, – it's kind of crazy to think this way. Over the weekend, this weekend is a perfect example. There was a lot going on in sports in L.A., all right? You had the Dodgers in their game six against the Braves. Lakers are coming off a game on Friday. They had another game on Sunday. The season's just starting. Everybody's excited to see Rams what this Laker team year. is going to be. Chargers are having a great year. Rams having – do you know what storyline? By the way, college game day was at the Rose Bowl, UCLA, Oregon. Do you know what else was on? I know. Notre USC, Dame Notre Dame. In South Bend. And it wasn't even – it wasn't – it's almost from our perspective for us trying to deliver what a sports audience wants in LA. It's a disservice for us on Monday to be talking about USC and Notre Dame. And I say that because that's where the program is. I'm trying to think of a comp, Al. I'm trying to think of something that's been popular, important, yep. meaningful, that just evaporated. That's just that. And, and you know what I almost said? It's like USC and UCLA playing each other and nobody paying attention. But we've already seen that too. That it's 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, that was, it's, it's been recent, right? It's just this is how fast it changes. But like you said a minute ago, the very good news in all of this is that USC is one of the very few places can change. where you don't have to plant little seeds in the ground yeah. that are going to take yep. you know five years, ten years to blossom into a program. You have to do that at Iowa State. You have to do that at Cincinnati. It's going to take a little time to build a program like that. If you can come in here and be good in a year or two at USC, everybody has your full attention all over again. Okay, uh, I want to get some thoughts from Dodger fans on this. Um, 877-710-ESPN. So, Let's list out all the names that could potentially not come back to the Dodgers through the offseason. All right? So, Kenley Jansen, mm-hmm. Chris Taylor, mm-hmm. Corey Seager, yep. Clayton Kershaw, yep. Max Scherzer. There's five. Okay, there's five right there. Let's go with those five. The Dodgers could have a lineup next season that does not include any of those five players. If you're a Dodger fan and you want to make sure, hey, this one player of that group has to come back, who would it be? The phone number is 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Trav, I think that's a good conversation. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here, Travis and Sliwa, uh, Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm a believer now. I'm all, I'm all in, Al. I, uh, I'm just going to hang out with Justin Bieber, listen yeah. to his music, just completely in, in, enjoy the Bieber lifestyle. Okay, the how many, how many home games? Lakers got three home games in. I can't remember. I know 
want to say the Memphis game and maybe the Suns game. Mm-hmm. The Jumbotron goes to Bieber. Yeah. Bieber's sitting there. Didn't look like he was enjoying himself. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did, <laughs> yes. did you see it? I did. Bieber, it's okay to just quick little wave, a little smile. miserable. Yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You're doing okay. Yeah, it was. You're doing all right in life. You know what else I noticed about that? Yeah. I, and I, again, I have not been to a Laker game this season, so maybe something has changed. But I've been to, I don't know, 100, 200 Laker games in my life. I've been to yeah, a lot yeah. of them. Yep. Um, is it 30 degrees in there now? Did they change the rules? Why is he wearing a parka? I'm not sure. <laughs> it seemed unnecessary. <laughs> I think he had a. I think he had a a parka and a beanie on, or something. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was an interesting uh, look. Huh? Hey guys, it's really cold at the Laker games. It's not parka cold. It is. <laughs> it really is. Okay, I need to go take you to like Tahoe in February or something, so you know what cold. It might be. What is it in there? Sixty-eight degrees. I Maybe think less than that. No, it has to well, be. There's ice the under the floor. You have. You have control the temperature so at any time there's buttons all over staples we just turn it up and down just like our studio turn up or down no but every time they show beaver i'm like um bro just a little bit of a smile everything's gonna be okay you're fine like maybe, maybe not. front row at a lakers game all you're, right you're so good. the question that you asked earlier al was who the dodgers should prioritize when it comes to keeping their top free agents and we got max scherzer clayton kershaw kenley jansen as your pitchers you got two position players you got Corey seager and chris taylor and I think you can make a case for almost all of them with the exception of Max Scherzer. I think he's the easiest. As weird as it sounds, and I don't know if we would have been saying this a month or so ago, but Max Scherzer's no, 30, I don't think would have. 37 yep. years old, mm-hmm. just got to the end of the line and couldn't pitch because his arm just wasn't capable of pitching. And that's not a judgment. That's just what happened. How, okay, how, how much of that is how they used him towards this? Like how much, if, if we're going to – it's happened it before. Like- it wasn't a this season thing. This has happened mm-hmm. to him before where he gets – and look, it happens to most pitchers where you sure. go through a dead arm pe- period and you're not able to do it. You'd hope it's not in October. But what, I, what I'm saying was. is they pitched him so much. They obviously depended on him so much towards the end there. And there was no luxury of saying, well, you know what, uh, we'll use – no, they were using Scherzer to close out the series against the Giants. They were turning him around and using him again right after. They, they were trying to use Scherzer as much as they can – is it have more to do with that, or is it no? This is just uh, a, a pitcher who's thirty-seven years old that you can't really, you know, depend on because Julio was also looked like he he ran out of gas. Bueller looked like he had ran out of gas. So it, it wasn't just a Scherzer thing. It, it wasn't just a Scherzer thing, but Scherzer is the only one in that group that's thirty-seven. With you, that, that, that Bueller is in his twenties. That Julio Urias is in his twenties. That Clayton Kershaw is in his you know early to mid thirties. Thirty three, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That Max Scherzer just finished his age thirty seven season. That's not look. He's amazing. He's going straight to the Hall of Fame. He's a great pitcher, and he pitched his ass off for the Dodgers. He he gave them everything he had. He was a great acquisition, and it really worked out. Except for when it didn't, and now you just kind of move on forward from that. For me. I want Clayton Kershaw to come back. I think they're going to work it out. I think they'll find a number that works for everybody, and he can end his career where he should end his career, which is the Dodgers. But as far as most important guy goes for me, Slick. Can I, can I, before you say the most important, mm-hmm. when you say you want to see Kershaw come back, is it how much of that is from a baseball perspective and how much is that, no, it's because it's Clayton Kershaw? It's both. If it were just one or the other, I think we're having a different conversation. It's both. From a pure pitching perspective, he's still useful. He is still a useful major league starting pitcher. Is he Cy Young, Clayton Kershaw? No. Is he top of the rotation, Clayton Kershaw? Probably not. 
Is he a guy that can make 20 starts for you and give you a chance to win all 20 of them? Yeah. I'll take that guy on my team. Now, it has to be at the right price. What's the right price? The, what is the – no, 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 so, no, 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 no. It's probably north of 30, right? If he's making – what does he make? I think he makes 33 or 35 right now. We're going to have to come back on the other side of 30, probably. But this isn't a money play for him. I really don't believe that. If he was just about money, then he's probably gone. I've yeah, never go to- I've never gotten the sense of that from him, ever. He wants to win. Well, Dodgers give you a pretty damn good chance to win. He is, arguably, on the very short list of most popular Dodger players ever. Not just of his era, but ever. He's one of those guys. I'd hate it, it happens to just about everybody. But if there's a way to keep him here because he's Clayton Kershaw, I'd like to see it. So you know why I asked the question? Because there's there's a fine line to walk. Dodgers are in a different predicament than let me just use as an example, right? When the Lakers were figuring out with Kobe Bryant his final two years, they overpaid him. Overpaid him in this. Yep. Okay, let me let me say this. They overpaid him because there's a salary cap. He wasn't. They didn't overpay him. It, by having Kobe Bryant in the stands, you were selling out every time. You, it was a good business decision. Of course it, it was. It, that, there was no question about that from a business perspective. But the Lakers were also in an interesting predicament. Their predicament was they weren't expected to win in his final two years. The Dodgers are in a completely different situation. The Dodgers' situation is not only have they been incredibly successful over a handful of years – it doesn't look like anything's going to change in the near future, as right. in they're going to continue to be successful. So that's why I asked a question on Kershaw. His predicament is different than other players who have been all-time greats for a franchise and an organization. Dodgers are still winning. All right, phone calls coming up here in just one second. The guy for me, mm-hmm. the guy for me is Chris Taylor because it's not one guy. He's like five guys. You're getting a left fielder. You're getting a center fielder. You're getting a shortstop. You're getting a third baseman. You're getting a leadoff hitter. You're getting a guy that can hit in the middle of your order. You're getting a guy that can hit at the back end of your order and do all of those things at a very high level. It's not just that he can. He can and do them very, very well. He's not the most expensive player on this list. Just if you're a scout and you're listing all the things, he's not the best player on this list but he might be the most important because as difficult as it would be to see Corey Seager leave, and I don't want him to leave either, you could make a case that you can just slide Trey Turner over there and we're good. It's it's kind of sort of the same deal. You're not finding a guy that's going to do what Chris Taylor does. You're just not. It's just far too difficult to replace somebody that, that that's that valuable. Let's try East L.A. and Kirk. Kirk, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. You're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Uh, hey. hey, how you doing? Good. So What's that, going on, Kirk? What's going on? Is, mm-hmm. My my opinion is uh, creep. Uh, sorry, uh, keep Chris Taylor. He's all positions. If you get rid of Seager, let him go. Taylor can play any position out there, and you can put him like you were saying. You can put him anywhere in the lineup, and we're gonna get more bang for our buck than we're gonna get for Seager. I would think you just move uh, Turner to uh, shortstop. I think we're good. Look, you'd be good for next season. The, the 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 wild card with that becomes Kirk is you need to have a conversation with disrespect Trey Turner Corey right Seager. now. I don't think it's disrespectful. I think it's due diligence. I think look, you try to do what you do with Corey Seager. You're the Dodgers will offer him a ton of money. I anticipate to get him to stay. The question is, will you move positions at some point in your career? Do you have to be a shortstop for as long as you're here? These are the sorts of things. And as you're having those conversations, Al, you need to have Trey Turner on the other line saying, "Hey, do you like Los Angeles?" Do you like being a Dodger? Do you want to stay here a long time? Because the last thing you can do is say, oh, we got Trey Turner. 
we'll just replace Corey Seager with Trey Turner. And then Trey Turner says, you know what? I'm from the East Coast, played on the East Coast. I like that a lot better. Peace. Now no, what? No, 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 but I, I think there is disrespect to Corey Seager because that's been the conversation since Trey Turner was traded to the Dodgers. I do. I, I And I've, I've heard Dodger fans say it. I've heard you say it that, hey, well, the, the reason why you're bringing – how great is this, Trey Turner? Who I'm not arguing that the guy is not a fantastic player because he is. Mm-hmm. But Corey Seager, you know, how you were kind of – there, there's certain players that have done it for your organization. There's certain players who have delivered for your organization. There are certain players that have gone through the ups and the downs. So sure. how quickly to say, because it's not an age thing. Corey Seager is younger than Trey Turner. I think there's 27 and 28. It's not a, from a talent perspective, Trey Turner is an unbelievable hitter. Corey Seager is a fantastic player and has won a World Series for your roster as well. I, I think when I say there is disrespect to it, what I'm talking about is how quick people – uh, not even people, but how quick it would be for the organization to say, okay, you're gone, Trey Turner, I don't think put that's what there, happened. I, I think what happened is they realized that Corey Seager's up as a free agent. They realized that Scott Boris is his agent. They realized Trey Turner's that, up in a year. That, I, I get it, but he's up first, and I need to have a plan B in place. Look, I, I don't think the Dodgers are going to lowball Corey Seager. I don't think they're going to do anything other than try to keep him. The hedge was, it wasn't that we don't like you. It's we think everybody else really likes you too. We need to make sure that if you do decide to leave, that we can get something done. Because, look, I get it. This is what Scott Boris does with his guys. He takes them to the market. It's If I were a Scott Boris client, no, two things. Number one, anybody that doesn't have Scott Boris as their agent is probably doing it wrong because he gets his guys a whole bunch of money. And number two, I'd want to go to the market too and see what's out there. If he was, I'm here no matter what, they probably would have gotten something done by now. He wants to see what's on the market. The Dodgers didn't say, we don't know if we like you or not, so we're going to bring the other guy in. They're saying, we know everybody likes you, and somebody may go crazy with something, so we need to have plan B. We're going to try to keep you. I don't think this was ever, we're okay if he leaves. It's what if he leaves despite our best do you efforts. Think, do you think there's a scenario that plays out where the Yankees, let's just use the Yankees as an example, who have are very well known, and there's a there's a – decent share of shortstops that are available this offseason but let's just use the Yankees as an example Yankees offer if it's if it's apples to apples as in the the Yankees and the Dodgers are both offering the same amount of money to Corey Seager and Corey Seager decides to come back does that then change the whole game plan on Trey Turner I think that's up to Trey Turner at that point I don't think it changes the Dodgers mind I think it changes Trey Turner's mind. Pretend, does Trey Turner want to be a shortstop? Then, it, yeah, bye. See ya, because there's nowhere to go. If you're comfortable playing second base, then I don't think it changes. Or center field or whatever it might be. This is It gives the Dodgers the one thing that they are better at than everybody else in baseball. Options. They always have a million different options, whether it's different players, different terms, different dollars. They just have a million different things that they can do. Travis Lee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. Let's try another phone call here. Eric, you are up next. You're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Eric? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I got to tell you something. There was an episode of Gilligan's Island years ago where they found these seeds that help them read minds. You guys <laughs> must have been eating them because – Travis, you took my thought on Kershaw about just the sentimental value and so forth, and then I can't remember who it was, but somebody took my other thought. But I, having said that, I'll say Probably this. Probably Funches. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so having said that, I'll say this. So, you know, you, you named, I think, five players, and, and we can get some things out of the way. Nobody, nobody puts Kenley Jansen in the got-to-keep category. I think okay? you're right. Let's, let's eliminate that first. Right. And then you said, so now in, with Turner and Seeger, 
Here, here, here's my thing. I, you know, if it's against my religion to overpay for stuff. I, I, I it just is. You Preach. know, and and I got to tell you something. Um, don't. There's another person here that you got to kind of inject into this conversation that factors into here, and that is Gavin Lux. And I got to tell you something. I think the kid is a narc, he's a shortstop, but he plays second base. You know, Muncie will be back. They've had him there before too. And and if you plug Lux into this equation. It makes Seager um, more expendable. Now, again, no disrespect. Somebody used the word disrespect. Got nothing but respect for the kid. Nothing but respect. But I got the the the, the two balls that Gavin Lux thought he hit out of the park mm-hmm. in these playoffs are a harbinger of. I mean, he's getting confidence is a beautiful thing at the pro level. Let me just tell you. And I saw his grow exponentially. Now. It shrank when he dropped that ball in center field. That didn't help. But don't put him out there. Don't put him out there. But I'm saying, we're talking about Seager and Turner. I plug Turner in that shortstop. Yeah. I I, I uh, put Lux in that second base and let him play a full season. Not so you bring over up shoulder, a, you bring up a couple of good points, Eric. And I hate to cut you off, but I, I want to address these points because you the the Lux optionality again changes the whole rubik's cube all over again now let's do that let's talk about how gavin lux fits into this as well and i want to address what he said there a second ago about Corey seager and gavin lux it's kind of interchangeable i strongly disagree and i'll explain why that's next it's travis lee 710 espn plus more your phone calls this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. You're kind of a traditionalist, Slee, when it comes to the Halloween candy. You're like I said, look, I said Mr. Um, Reese's. What did I say? Didn't you say Reese's? No, no, Wasn't no. I said, uh, what was it? Oh, I said Baby, Baby Ruth. Yeah, yeah that's a said classic. said Twizzlers. That was a gross. And then I said, what was the other one? Mr. Goodbar? Yeah, Mr. Those, Bar? Yes. that's old yeah. school. That's like that's from a good one. way back. So, let's okay, let's talk about this real quick. Mm-hmm. You've gotten a little bag of miniatures, right, that has all the four different types in there. Let's rank them. They're, they're in there's the Hershey original, right? Just the milk chocolate Hershey original. That's there's, going towards the end. There's okay. Mr. Good Bar, which is the same candy, just has n- peanuts in it. Move that up towards the front. <laughs> That's really good. There's Crackle, which is the same same chocolate, but it has the little Rice not Krispies bad. in it. Oh, yep. no, not bad. Really good. <laughs> and then there's the one that I would rank at the very top that I think most people would have at the bottom is the Hershey's Special Dark. It's just that gold wrapper. Right. It's the gold and the red. It's got the little red line at the bottom that's just a little yeah, bite a of dark yeah. chocolate that's delicious. Yeah. 
So it's for me, special darks, good bar, crispies or crackle, I guess it's called uh, in that bag, and then the original Hershey. Good bar, crackle, dark chocolate, original. Yeah, guys. Um, let's go, Mr. Goodbar, Crackle, Original uh, Hershey's, and Dark Chocolate. Okay, I'll trade you my Dark Chocolates for your Hershey's. We're done. Emily? Uh, dark Chocolate's definitely going in the bottom of okay, my Okay, I'll list. take yours, too. <laughs> dark Chocolate's good. I yeah. don't think I've ever had a Mr. Goodbar, so that's going to You've had go... milk chocolate and peanuts, though. That's what it is. That's all it is. But, okay, it's so really then, good. So if that's what it is, so yeah. I'm going to put that at the bottom as well, because I don't like peanuts. You can have two things at the bottom. So, third. <laughs> I'll put it that okay. third. Dark Chocolate, fourth. Uh, crackle one Hershey uh, original Hershey two. All right, all right. So we got to see. We could we could all get along. We could all pick our own candies out of that bag, and we'd be pretty good. Travis Sleeves brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Um, the last caller said something interesting that you could kind of just drop Gavin Lux in if Corey Seager mm-hmm. leaves, and you don't really mm-hmm. miss a beat. Uh, I think you miss a beat. I, I think the difference between those two players is very significant. We we, we saw. Gavin Lux try to play shortstop while Corey Seager was down before they made the trade for Trey Turner? No. <laughs> no, that's that's not really the way that that's going to work. At second base, he's okay. Gavin Lux is an interesting player. He really doesn't have a position on the field that makes a ton of sense. He's okay at second. He'd probably be okay at third if he gave him a handful of reps. He could survive at short, although it's not really his cup of tea, at least from what I've seen. The outfield seems like a bad idea. But even if you just put the defense aside – Corey Seager offensively is light years ahead of Gavin Lux. Well, th- this is the unique position, and if you want to, if you, if you have to take one of these, bring one of these guys back between Kershaw, Kenley, uh, Corey Seager, Chris Taylor, Kenley Jansen, we're, we're having that conversation. So eight seven 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 ten ESPN. The unique thing about the Dodgers, Trav, let's just say they went zero for five. Let's say Kenley, they decided we don't want you back. Let's say Kershaw gets offered a boatload of money to go play in Texas or somewhere else, or the Angels, or one of these other teams that have money, no pitching, mm-hmm. and they're going to take some. They're going to take a chance. They want to sell some more season tickets. Sure. Okay? Um, Corey Seager goes to the New York Yankees. Let's say Chris Taylor gets a good contract somewhere else. Let's say every single player left that we're we're talking about here. This is what makes the Dodgers so unique because. When you say Gavin Lux at second is a bad idea, mm-hmm. as in not even a bad idea, but you're saying don't comp the Corey, don't comp Corey Seager and Gavin Lux in the same conversation, right? Okay, what would their lineup be if all five of those guys go? All right, here you go. This yep. is if all five of those free agents leave. You have mm-hmm. Mookie Betts in right field. You have Trey Turner playing short. You have Will Smith behind home plate. You've got Cody Bellinger in center field. You've got Max Muncy at first. You have A.J. Pollock in left. You have Justin Turner at third base. And you have Gavin Lux as your second baseman. Your okay. starting rotation is mm-hmm. Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, Dustin May, and Tony Gonsolin. you got to find one more. Your closer is Blake Trinan. See where I'm All going here? All of these guys are in. You still have the best team in the National League on paper. And and that's, by the way, that's not going to happen. And right. obviously the Dodgers have shown that this is not – one of the toughest things to do in sports is to build something that's sustainable. Build something that every single year you're in the mix. And listen – I don't have to sit here and tell Dodger. Dodger fans are disappointed that they only have one World Series over this unbelievable run that they've had because they've got so close, right? They've yes. had so many opportunities to get there. 
but it's still pretty damn impressive that every single season that you get to pitchers and catchers reporting and you get to spring training that you're one of the few teams that has a legitimate shot of winning a World Series. If they lose all the players that we just talked about, they still have a shot. All right, let's try another phone call here. Let's go to Oceanside and Jeff. Jeff, you're on with Travis and Slee. And before we get to the Dodgers, what's the uh, ranking of the Hershey's miniature bars? Five. Five? Yeah, that, I'm not a big fan of the of the Hershey's. All right, so you're putting them all in number five. I like that. What do you got on the Dodgers, Jeff? Yeah, th- thanks for k- taking my call, fellas. So I think we're missing something pretty pretty big, and, and uh, I think it's something that we should take into account. Um, part of our or part of the Dodgers uh, ownership group is Magic Johnson. Um, somebody who raised them in that industry is Dr. Buss. And Dr. Buss was huge on loyalty. I'll just reference Kobe's last contract. I know that was Jeannie, but she's, she doesn't fall too far from the tree. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to, to the Dodgers, is they'll handle Kershaw in the same sense. Uh, Kershaw is the Kobe Bryant for the Dodgers. He was our pick. We raised him. He grew up here. He is an Angelino. Um, forget about Texas. I, I don't think he's going there. I think we just have to offer him something that's respectful. respectful. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And then, and then in regards to, to Seager, I, I love him. I think he's a great player. But I think the Yankees are just going to overpay. They might. That, and that's that. That's what it will be. And that's and, and that's why Trey Turner is here. That this has nothing to do with the Dodgers disrespecting Trey or Corey Seager. It had everything to do with someone may just blow the roof off the whole thing. And now what do you do? That that's that's why Trey Turner. Not because they don't love you, Corey. It's because everybody loves Corey along the way. I want to go back to something he said there a second ago, Slee Jeff. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm okay with the Kobe comparisons, right? With with Clayton Kershaw being you know. He, he's a Dodger, drafted by the Dodgers, developed by the Dodgers, became a Hall of Famer in the Dodgers, won the World Series, blah, 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 right? And I'm even okay if they want to give him the Kobe deal and just pay him the going rate. Like if they want to pay him like he's Clayton Kershaw from six years ago, that's fine. As long as you don't come back later and say, listen, the reason we can't go and get another guy is our payroll is X, Y, Z. If you, if you want to pay him to give him the gold watch, so to speak, great. But it can't be that you can't have other give other people some silver watches. You need to, you need to make sure that you're still going to pay. And here's the really good news, Lee: mm-hmm. the Dodgers, as far as I can tell, and as far as the way that they've organized uh, run this organization, they have not let their unwillingness to spend money ever interfere. They sure. if they think it's a good idea, they'll do it. And if it costs a lot of money, that's fine. We'll do it anyway. Yeah, I, you know. By, by the way, I'm, I'm sitting here. Tell me if. Uh, is it the right company? You would have a better idea in this than I would. When 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 I hear Kershaw is what Kobe was to the Lakers, is that the right comp? And is it just because it's not perfect? And, and the reason it's, it's why close, I say it, the, but it's the, not the, perfect. The reason why I say it is, and maybe this shouldn't come into play, but Kobe also has five NBA championships, and that that might not be fair because baseball is different and. What Kobe could do in a five-person lineup is different than what a pitcher can do when it – don't get me wrong. The ace is the ace, and yes. you obviously got to depend on that person. But every time I hear that, when is that the right comp? It, I think it's the right one, but it's not a perfect one. Here, here, here's the biggest difference, and we're going to take more of your phone calls coming up in just a bit. The biggest difference is and, – and I said this a second ago – Clayton Kershaw is the most popular Dodger over the last decade by a mile. Okay, he's one of the most popular Dodgers ever. 
Okay, he's 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 up there with Fernando and Sandy Koufax and all of these other guys. He is as popular as a Dodger player could be, and he should be. None of those dudes are in Kobe's category when it comes to popularity. None of them are. They're just that Kobe transcended just, oh, he's my favorite basketball player. Like, Kobe was people's favorite human being. Mm -hmm. It was just a totally different. So it's not perfect from a popularity sense because – But I get the concept of it. Yeah. The concept of it. The only person that's as popular as Kobe Bryant is Magic Johnson. That's it. You know, he, they're, they're the only – maybe Vince Cully. He might be the other one that, that hits people a certain way like that. But Kobe, Kobe's on a, on a level that was just entirely his own. All right, more of your phone calls coming up. Plus, we got the dump straight ahead. It's Travis Slee, 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, more of your phone calls coming up here in just a bit. Emily, tell me me that again. You said you saw a tweet where Ozzie Guillen interviewed or or had an interview with the Padres or will have an interview with the Padres. I think he already had one. Yeah, so last week he had an interview with the Padres, sources of Ken Rosenthal. Huh. That's kind of – Ozzie's his own brand of dude, that's for sure. But doesn't it seem like they could use a little bit of somebody that might lose their mind after a two-game losing streak? The Padres just went down the drain in the second half of this. Ozzie Guillen would not have let that happen. Now, they may all hate his guts by the end of spring training, sure. but he's a pretty fiery dude. Yeah, listen, they need, a, they need a vet. They need somebody who's been there, done it before. They didn't have that with Jace Tingler, and they did fall apart. I mean, Trev, they didn't just fall apart. You had a two-game lead in the wild card, and then you ended up – Losing the wild card by two games, mm-hmm. they no, were up eight or nine <laughs> games, and then by the last week of the season, they mathematically were eliminated by four or five games. Yeah, it was about as big a disaster as one yeah. team can have in in a single season. So they they got to do. Ozzy's interesting. I don't know if it's a good idea, but it's certainly an interesting idea. Let's try another phone call very quickly. Paul in Huntington Beach. Paul, you're on with Travis Slee. What's up? Hey, always good to talk. Nothing. Uh, Ozzy Gannon and Manny Machado. What could possibly go wrong in San Diego? That would be. Let's my do it. gosh, that would be freaking awesome, dude! Sign me up for that. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, listen, I know I know you're yeah, close on time, but I appreciate it. With with the Dodgers, they've got to back up the truck and bring in bring back Seager. There's no doubt about it. Here's the thing: if the National League goes to a DH like it looks like it's going to, there's an obvious fit with Justin Turner there. Seager at third, Trey Turner at short for a year. Figure out if you want to pay Trey Turner or Cody Bellinger and call it a day. By the way, if you're going to spend big-time money on a big left-handed bat, I know that Seager's had some injury problems, but let's keep it real about Bellinger. He was a National League MVP. The last month and a half of that MVP season, very, very pedestrian and not good ever since. I know there's been injuries, but I'm not willing to bet on that guy like I am on Seager. And, and listen, I would love to see Seager be that next Kershaw guy who's here for 100 years. We drafted him, we raised him, and he's our guy. I'll let you guys go, but good to talk to you. Talk soon. Appreciate the call, man. Yeah, thanks, Paul. The Dodgers will not pay Corey, or excuse me, Cody Bellinger like that. They, they'll probably try to keep him, but this is one of those – 
Yeah, well, look, he's a ways away. They have some time to decide yeah, they before they want to do that. And he did get going a little bit in the postseason, but Paul is not wrong about that. One more very quick. No way I'm leaving this guy there. Gardena and Manuel. Manuel, what's up? Hey, what's up, fellas? Slee Stack, Travis, excellent show as usual. So I'm going to contradict an earlier caller. The guy I'm bringing back is Kenley Jansen mm. for one reason. He is nails. He found his rhythm, and uh, – I'm going to put a premium on everybody that's worn that Dodger blue for one reason, Travis. I don't want another J.R. Reddick or Josh Reddick, whatever the hell that guy's name was, <laughs> or another Eddie Whitson. All right? Uh-huh. This is L.A. We need pressure players. Kenley, like him or not, is a pressure player. CK1, pressure player. Seeger, pressure player. So we got to put a premium on those guys because – if we go out and sign someone else, there's no telling. We've had these guys for nine years. I trust them. I think you just answered your own question, Manuel. You've had him for nine years. I think that's why it's time to move on. You're, you're right. You're, you're right that he's a pressure player. You're right that Kenley Jansen is a great Dodger. He's a World Series champion. He's a multiple-time All-Star, all of that stuff. Like This, this is what you do. You call him and you say, Kenley, you are a Dodger for life but you're not a Dodger here next season. You're going to have to go do this somewhere else. I, I Kenley had an amazing year, but it does feel like they got the very best out of him. And unlike Kershaw, unlike Seager and some of these other guys, I would very much rather cut a year early on that than a year late. Yeah, Trav, I, I, it's funny. The Kenley one is probably the last one that I would have picked, and I just say that just because what you said – the dude was amazing, 34 years old, at the stretch of his career. By the way, you have Trinan that's ready to go if you need him to start closing, so you got a backup move there. All right, let's very quickly go to the dump. This is a pretty good day, Slee. Back on October 26th, 1984, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, and John Stockton all made their NBA debuts. A couple of decent careers in there. Yeah, I'm trying to see here. Um, how come nobody said anything about Sam Bowie? How come <laughs> no one mentioned anything about Bowie? Um, Hakeem uh, was the number one pick that year, if mm-hmm. you remember. By the way, this draft alone, you got Hakeem, you got obviously Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley. Uh, who else Stockton. was on this? Stockton is on there. I thought there was a couple more that came out of this draft as well, but as good as it gets. This is how good Hakeem Olajuwon was, mm-hmm. that everybody talks about Sam Bowie Michael Jordan didn't go second behind Sam Bowie. He went third behind Sam Bowie, right? That Olajuwon was the number one pick, and no one has ever said that Houston made the wrong pick. That's how good Olajuwon was that Jordan went third. And and, and the Houston Rockets fans are like, yeah, that's fine. We, we got former, our guy. Uh, former Laker, number four, Sam Perkins. Sam mm. Perkins went Sleepy that draft Sam. as well. He was yep. great. All right, a video game called Battlefield 2042, I love this, has a feature, or I should say a billboard that features a 65-year-old Tom. Tom Brady as MVP. So in a apocalyptic world of 2042, Tom Brady is still the MVP of the National Football League. I like that a lot. It's actually the odds right now in the NF- in Vegas have him as the still the uh, the favorite to win MVP in 2042. <laughs> 50 doesn't seem so crazy anymore. He's still lighting it up in the NFL. Matt Stafford only needs to throw 300 more touchdown passes to catch it. Yeah, that's it. John Elway, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, full stop. John Elway was amazing, Mm -hmm. has 300 NFL passing touchdowns. 
He has twice as many. 600 for Tom Brady. How do people find the pod, Slee? ESPN app or on iTunes. Just search Travis and Sliwa. Catch the full three hours every morning from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. All right, Mason and Island are next. Slee and I are all over the Laker game tomorrow morning. Plus, as always, Real Dodger Talk. We'll see you then, 710 ESPN.